Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli and welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Happy 4th of July to everybody that does celebrate. If you don't celebrate the 4th of July, well, I hope you guys are having a good Tuesday wherever you are in the world and whenever you are coming across uh, this video. So happy Independence Day, 4th of July, uh, whoever is celebrating. And I'm sure there is going to be some folks um, who are tuning into this episode um, it'll most likely be Wednesday, the day after 4th of July. So if that is the case, for those of you guys who are watching this the day after, hope your 4th of July was awesome. Hope everything was great in terms of spending time with family and friends um, and, and all that. Some, and, you know, enjoying the sunshine and everything as summer has pretty much been kicking into high gear um, as we go into the month of July here. So happy, Indepe happy Independence Day to all for those who do celebrate. So, of course, today is Tuesday. Now, as you can also see, Brian Thomas uh, is not here with me today. And I know I made an announcement a couple uh, weeks ago about our schedule change. But unfortunately, with Brian Thomas's schedule for this week, he is going to be out of town uh, for this weekend. So that has changed plans over the next week or two in regards to uploading and publishing episodes for you guys. So today, today is going to be a full Monday Night Raw review from last night. So Brian Thomas will be back. He will be back with me on Thursday when we talk Collision, when we talk Dynamite, as well as NXT and a lot of other stuff to get into with that as well. Um, and then your boy will be back solo um on saturday talking friday night smackdown and uh, what heard was a tribal court <laughs> a, a tribal court segment with roman reigns and stuff so that should be uh interesting um in in, in terms of uh you know what happened uh, after money in the bank uh this past saturday so all of that's going to go down your boy will review and discuss all of that when that time comes but let us get into monday night raw um let us get into the show from last night. But before I do so, um, and if you guys think that I was just going to let the whole LA night thing kind of just be whatever, water under the bridge, nah, nah. <laughs> it's, it's not happening, bro. Uh, it's absolutely not happening because I came across and I couldn't believe when I, when I heard this shit. I really couldn't. Um, and that was the poll press conference, the Money in the Bank press conference, you know, these press conferences that WWE has been has been doing for quite some time now. You know, people like Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest, and Triple H, of course, um, all speak after once the show is over. And Triple H did say a few words in regards to LA Knight. Now, here's the thing, guys. I know, and, and I, uh, or we made a TikTok in regards to my reaction as well as Brian in regards to LA Knight and the decision. I stand by what I said this past Saturday, and I'm sticking it to it now. LA Knight was done filthy, and there is no fucking reason why LA Knight doesn't have that freaking money in the bank briefcase on him right now. But it's but Triple H, Papa H, had a tremendous excuse in regards to why. Um, and and this was Triple H, freaking end I quote. 
know, Triple H, you know, he, he likes to talk very low, you know, tries to, you know, tries to sound like Vince McMahon. He, he wants to be Vince McMahon, bro. I always say this all the time. He's freaking Vince McMahon, freaking 2.0. He wants to be just like him. He's, he's, he's literally, you know, these freaking, the exact replica of freaking Vince McMahon. He's just like him. Um, so he's on the press conference says, listen, I know, oh, I know LA Knight is super over right now, but you know, good things come to those that wait. <laughs> Should sound familiar, right? Um, the same motherfucker that said that, oh, there was more story to tell when Cody Rhodes lost at WrestleMania 39 just this past April. And how's that turning out, guys? You really need... So here's... <laughs> let me get this straight. We didn't get LA Knight getting that briefcase this past Saturday because we need to wait Good things come to those that wait. He'll look down at the ground because, you know, he's freaking just talking out of his ass. He can't take himself seriously. He can't look anybody in the eye, the pressers. They're not even press or like journalists. They're just a bunch of fucking podcasters that call themselves like journalists or, or critics or whatever the fuck. Um, so he says that. And I'm thinking, so we didn't get L.A. Knight. We didn't get a huge, memorable moment of L.A. Knight, one of the most over-talents in this industry, in professional wrestling, because we need, there's good things to come to those that wait. Like he's talking to his fucking children. Like, cause he's being Papa H like, dude, these, the, the people that you're working with are grown fucking men and women. Like, like you fucking weirdo. <laughs> like, it's just it, like, guys, like, what are we what are we fucking saying? Good things come to those that wait. Yeah, just like he said that Cody making the decision of having Roman Reigns go over at WrestleMania was such a great decision, wasn't it? Because, oh, there's more story to tell. How's that working out? Because ever since WrestleMania, guys, Cody Rhodes has not had the same momentum. And, in the, and the magic and the mystique has gone away since then. It has not been the same. Sure, Cody Rhodes is still somewhat over because that's just how good of a talent Cody Rhodes is and that's how much we like and admire Cody Rhodes. But in regards to getting that moment, that moment that you could have gotten at WrestleMania is fucking dead. And here's the thing too, guys. Regardless if Cody Rhodes does manage to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, it's not going to be the same story. Do you, you guys understand that, right? This is going to be a completely different book. So it's not even the same story. There's no other story to tell. The story to tell was for Cody Rhodes to be the person to take away that freaking title at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. Because here's also the reality. Ever since WrestleMania, Roman Reigns has not defended that fucking title. Once. So you're in this bloodline civil war, which was fun. It was entertaining for what it was. I'll admit that. But you're having this civil war, this family civil war, and he's holding on to this title for what? To break records? To, to pass Pedro Morales? To pass Bruno San Martino? To pass Hulk Hogan? There is nothing about the title that makes any amounts of sense for him to tell the story with the Usos in this civil war. There's nothing on the line here. It's just, it's bragging rights. It's family bragging rights. So why is he holding on to the title? Cody Rhodes could have freaking used that shit. That, that explains the, 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 the feud with Brock Lesnar. And, and, that, and you can catapult Cody Rhodes to a guy that was fucking over, that had such more momentum. 
And now he can catapult as that top baby face, that top freaking guy in the industry with those freaking titles and the amount of shit that you could come up with, with Cody Rhodes holding onto those titles and the feuds and the storylines to, you know, to follow suit with it. But no, it is ass fucking backwards now. So where Cody Rhodes is now stuck in a feud with Brock Lesnar that has no explanation and spoiler alert, your boy Brock Lesnar made a return last night. He made a return last night. Attacked Cody Rhodes. Well, tried to, and we're going to get into that in just a second. Tried to attack freaking Cody, retreats up the ramp, and still, we're what, four months into this feud, and we still don't even know why Brock is still attacking him in the first place. It would make sense because Cody Rhodes would be holding on to the titles. Then it would make more sense because if you guys remember from the SummerSlam freaking stipulation that if he loses to Roman Reigns, he can no longer get a title shot, you know, when Roman Reigns is holding on to the title. So it would make sense for freaking Brock to go after Cody Rhodes. But no, they're freaking winging it. They're having people on commentary like Michael Cole to say, oh, he might have attacked Cody because Cody got to go on last and Brock went to go on first. The fuck? So, but, and now, and, and the, the trend is, is that, oh, we need to be patient. We need to be patient because good things come to those that wait. Right. Right. Paul Levesque, Triple H. Imagine if Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't win King of the Ring. Didn't get to cut the 316 freaking promo. That turns freaking Stone Cold to a guy that was already had so much momentum that was already getting pretty over with the crowd. And that took him to the next level, right? Imagine if Daniel Bryan didn't win the WWE championship at WrestleMania 30, how fucking tragic would that be? Right? But good things come to those that wait, right? We got to wait for it. Imagine if Hulk Hogan didn't beat Andre the giant at WrestleMania three, because Vince McMahon would say, or Triple H, but mainly Vince McMahon would say back in the day, imagine if he were to say, good things come to those that wait. What the fuck are you talking about? You, you got to read the fucking room, dude. This past Saturday was LA Knight's fucking moment. Nothing, and listen, I, and I said this on Saturday, and I know Brian Thomas had a completely different narrative about his thought process and all that, and how he's okay with Damian Priest holding on to the Money in the Bank briefcase. And I look, look, I get it. We all like Damian Priest. We all think the guy, we, we, the guy has potential. He truly does. I, I, I like Damian Priest. But guys, I am telling you right now, listen to my fucking words. Nothing about Damian Priest holding on to that briefcase makes me that much more excited. Does not give me goosebumps the way LA Knight could have gave me freaking goosebumps holding on to that briefcase because the moment of, you know, cause he's, he's already over with the crowd. He is freaking white hot, man. The people are going to be into it. They're going to be ha hanging on to every single moment of when LA Knight is going to cash in that briefcase. And with Damian priest, he's holding on to it to tell a story with Finn Balor because the judgment day are, are what they're, they're su supposedly splitting up. And you want to tease that like it fucking needs the briefcase. So you're taking a guy that you, you give him the briefcase to what? To try to get him over? Like here's it's like, guys, the money in the briefcase is not a fucking prop 
It's not a prop to say, here, Damien, here's a briefcase. You know, thanks for putting over Bad Bunny. Here's your briefcase for a title opportunity. Hopefully this will make you go over. Good luck. Let's let's see how this works. Guys, there's no fucking time for that. There's no time for it. LA Knight holding on to that briefcase. You're telling me you can't come up with a creative story, a creative way to build for LA Knight to hold on to that freaking, to, to cash in that freaking briefcase? Come on, bro. Be- just because there's a story right now with Judgment Day doesn't mean he needs to be holding on to a fucking briefcase and, and getting a potential world title shot. Again, we like Damian Priest. We think eventually Damian Priest is going to get there. But now is not the time, guys. Now is not the fucking time. Oh, yeah, you guys thought I was done with it? No, 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 no. Absolutely no. But we didn't get that because we need to fucking wait. We need to wait because James, no, don't worry. He's going to get the United States championship. (laughs) So, well, let me get this straight. So he didn't win. He didn't win the big money in the bank ladder match with all the eyes, with all the eyeballs on him. And the consolation prize is to win the United States championship. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, oh, that's fantastic. Right. Okay. Here's LA, here LA Knight. Like, oh, here, here's for being, you know, such a tremendous, a tremendous employee or or not even an employee. These people are independent contractors, right? It's like, oh, oh, thanks for all your hard work. Here's the United States championship. Here's the consolation prize. Here's the mid card title. Let, you know, Triple H is like, you know, yeah, let, let me, let, let my guys, let, let, let the guys that I actually have molded and let, let the guys that I, that are actually homegrown in this business. Let, let, let them hold on championship after championship and great moment after great moment. Like here, step to the side, buddy. Here's your title. He, there, there you go. It's fucking bullshit, man. Come on. You know, we, we need to start holding Triple H accountable. I know I'm going to say that till the freaking cows come home. I don't freaking care. I'll say that now. I'm going to say that a gazillion more freaking times. Triple H is no better than Vince McMahon. He does not like when anybody from outside of this company made a name for themselves. Same goes for AJ Styles. I understand AJ Styles and even people like Asuka have held on to titles. I understand that. But if you look back at it, guys, none of that freaking title of those title reigns were memorable at all. AJ Styles' title reign was just to give it to John Cena to, to win 16 times. Right, Asuka, she's about to lose her freaking title at the moment to give it to Charlie 15 time. You know, they're placeholders, right? Everybody's going to be a Grand Slam champion. It's like they're, 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 they're freaking, they're participation trophies. Oh, here, you get a title reign. You get a title reign. We're not going to put any stock and care and effort into it. It's like putting lipstick on a fucking pig. You know, it's like, it's like you get everybody to shut up. Oh, people like freaking Oscar. Here's a title. That'll get people to shut up. No, 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 no. That's not how it works, bro. It's not how it works. You know, just because you give somebody the freaking title doesn't mean that that's, that's just, that's good enough. You have to actually get behind them in their booking wise. You have to treat the title reign and the person and the character as such. It's not how it works, you know, but that's what WWE does. And here's the thing, guys. I know a lot of people that maybe are are coming across this platform for the first time that follow us on Instagram, that follow us on TikTok. And guys, am I shocked that LA Knight lost this, that briefcase? No, (laughs) I'm not stupid, bro. (laughs) I knew exactly for the most part 
how this was going to go down. I'm not shocked, guys. Trust me, I know how this company works. I, I know how I know how they do business. Nothing shocks me. But that doesn't make this situation any better. It doesn't. You know? Good things come to those that wait. The fuck you talking about, bro? <laughs> like, again, like he's talking to his freaking kids. Like, because he's Papa H. You know, Papa H, the same Papa H that he was in freaking NXT. Don't worry, little Johnny. If you keep working hard, you're going to get that title shot. Just wait for it. Be patient. You know, it's like, it's like once you finish all your homework, then you can go outside and play. Or if you're like, you know, if you're a parent of a teenage freaking kid. Oh, if, if you, you know... If, if, you know, what, maybe if you go get a job and you do this and that, then you'll go get that brand new shiny car that you've always wanted, you know, but good things come to those that wait. It's fucking bullshit, man. Enough. It's just like this, this, once again, this briefcase should not be a prop. You give it to, you give this briefcase, you give this ball to somebody that's already ready to take it to the next level. That's already to go to superstardom. LA Knight is that fucking dude. We like Damian Priest. We all like Damian Priest. We see the potential in him. But the dude, it's he's not. It, it should not be a prop to say, oh, well, let's, you know, maybe this could be special if, if it's if it's done well with Balor and, and and potentially, but you know, telling a feud and a breakup of the judgment day with him. If you want to tell that story, fine. Don't involve the freaking cash in, man. Because you know what you're going to hear? And you heard it freaking last night. All you're going to hear for weeks and weeks and weeks, right, is Damian Priest. He's going to go out there and he's going to say, oh, I can cash this in tonight. I can cash in this briefcase at SummerSlam, at the Royal Rumble, and say, oh, I'm going to, I could cash this in on you whenever, right? And if we actually, and if this dude was actually, heavily over was mega over then okay but he's not you want to nothing about damian priest holding on to that briefcase and potentially cashing in it, it doesn't give me any more excitement and intriguement the way la knight could have you want to know how i know the crowd when he walks out you're you cannot tell me Damian Priest comes anywhere close to the same reaction that LA Knight has been getting over the past several weeks, months. You know, people want to continue to BS me about how the right decision was made. Bullshit, bro. Bullshit. To do what? To tell a story with Finn Balor? To, to break up the Judgment Day? Come on, man. What the fuck are we doing? LA Knight is ready right now. If he's not ready now, if we need to be patient now, the guy's 40 freaking years old. When is it going to be ready? When, when, is, when is the time going to be for him to finally get the ball? When is it? Somebody tell me. Oh, but, but it's going to be the United States Championship. Yeah, because that's really working out for Austin Theory, isn't it? Right? <laughs> you know, freaking Austin Theory had this character change and, you know, this yeah, character change, right? And, and, and he freaking... <laughs> and he cashes it in. He had his money in the bank, money in the bank briefcase, right? His and and freaking and his excuse was, oh, I didn't want to go for Roman Reigns' title reign because I knew that I was gonna lose. So let me go and and cash in on the mid-card title. The fuck kind of explanation is that? And he looks like a schmuck just for losing the fucking match. So he loses the cash in, and it was even during an open challenge, guys. I mean, 
the fuck, man? But this is Triple H, bro. And don't give me Vince McMahon, man. Do not just do not just give me freaking Vince McMahon. This is both of them. This is both Triple H and Vince McMahon. How many times, guys, does Triple H need to come in front of a freaking camera and say, yep, I made the decision. Yep, Roman Reigns going over uh, at WrestleMania. Yep, that was my call, right? Freaking LA Knight. Yep, that was my call too. You know, the, the Austin Theory cash-in, the failed cash-in, yeah, that was my turn too. To where we hold this dude accountable, but it's like, no, we want to continue to blame Vince. You know, Vin, you know there's always going to be reports about, oh, Vince McMahon could be having, could be making severe changes to the roster, you know. And yet, you know, freaking, you know, that, that was a similar report just a couple weeks ago. Actually, I believe it was just last week where Vince McMahon potentially, or we assumed, he was making changes to the show and it ended up being one of their highest rated shows in months. I believe that show got a 1.9 rating. It's somewhere in my notes. It was a 1.9 sum on rating, one of their highest rating for Monday night raw in months, you know, but I thought Vince had his hand in the cookie jar, but you know what we do? <laughs> we know we're, we're not, we're going to continue to praise triple H right? We want to bash freaking Vince because we assume that he's got his hand in the cookie jar and we assume he's making changes, but then you see this high rating and how people were actually tuning in, but then Triple H just gets all the fucking credit and we rinse and repeat the fucking cycle, man. It's ridiculous. Good things come to those that wait. My ass. My fucking ass. The same person that said there's more story to tell with Cody. Yeah, how's that working out? Even if he get, even if he faces Roman Reigns, guys, at, at, at WrestleMania 40, it's not going to be the same story. There's no other story to tell. The story is done. It's going to be a completely different book. The way they're going to get there is not going to have the same magic, the same freaking feel that you could have gotten at WrestleMania 39. Because this company, right, the professional wrestling, Monday Night Raw, and all these shows would honestly be... I mean, obviously, it's not going to solve everybody's problems, but we would be in a much better position right now because actually stories and feuds and stuff would be actually would be making sense. You know, it, it, it makes no fucking sense. And here's what I will say to that. Right. The Civil War. I, I, and I know I, I know I'm going to get people to disagree, but I don't give a fuck. I really don't. If you guys want to disagree, that's the eye of the beholder. Right. I, I honestly don't care. This is this is coming from me. I'm speaking. I'm speaking facts. I'm speaking stats. I'm speaking metrics. This is not my second grade fucking opinion. Right. If you want that, go to some other schmucks freaking podcast. I don't care if you don't like what I'm hearing, then I'm sorry, man. This this is not the wrestling community for you. It's just not. But here's what I will say about the bloodline civil war. And we're going to get into Monday Night Raw, I promise you, in just a second. But I have to bring this up because it kind of ties into everything that I've mentioned so far at the start of the show. The Usos, Jay Uso. Jay Uso pinned Roman Reigns this past Saturday. So let me get this straight. Look, before, before I start triggering people, <laughs> right? The match was solid. It was fun. The crowd was into it. People were, you know, the Usos, Roman, Heyman, everybody involved was telling the story well. I get it. Everything about this Bloodline storyline has been tremendous. Me and Brian have spoke heavily about it ever since we've started this platform. But here's the problem, right? 
it's not Cody Rhodes that pinned Roman. It wasn't Edge. It wasn't John Cena. It wasn't even Brock Lesnar. It's Jay Uso. Jay Uso. So, and that's my point. Why the fuck, if Roman Re- guys, if this is why Cody Rhodes should have should be freaking champion right now, and this is why this storyline. And having Roman Reigns still hold on to this title make no sense. If Roman Reigns would have lost at Mania, and you would have had, you know, Jey Uso win bragging rights. Because again, guys, this story is bigger than just a title, right? This is this is about bragging rights. This is about a family civil war. So, with logic and common sense would tell you, wouldn't it make more sense to make the loss? No, Roman Reigns, he hasn't been pinned. And now you've just derailed the title loss because he's already been pinned from Jey Uso, who's not even going to win the title because it's not about him winning the title. So why does Roman still have the fucking title, guys? And now when he loses it to Cody, like, you, you can make the loss and the title change that much more meaningful. But instead, he's already pinned, and it derails to when the when he the moment when he does lose those titles, it's derailed because he's already been freaking pinned in a nonsensical tag, mind you. I, I just listen. I understand, guys. Everything came in full circle. Jay Uso, he pins him. It's bragging. That's fine, and I would be fine with it if Roman Reigns is not holding on to the title because it's not needed and it doesn't make freaking sense. You can tell a story, guys, with the bloodline. You can tell a civil war without a title involved because it's bigger than the title. The only excuse that you can give me is the fact that he needs to break Hulk Hogan's title record. Outside of that, there is not one fucking reason why Roman Reigns should be holding on to that freaking title. You know, but there's more story to tell with Cody though, right? No, there's not going to be any more story to tell. It's going to be a completely different story to when if, and maybe he faces Roman Reigns for the titles at WrestleMania 40, but that's Triple H's booking for you because he is not a good booker as you guys claim him to be. He's not, he's no better than fucking Vince McMahon. He's not. Good things come to those that wait. My ass. He has nothing for freaking LA Knight. Even if he puts a United States championship on him. I expect no care. I expect no freaking effort because this company does n- it doesn't have the right to give me the benefit of the doubt. They don't. They ha- there, there's no reason why they could give me the benefit of the doubt saying, Oh yeah, LA Knight is really gonna he's he's really gonna work wonders after this loss because he's gonna hold on to a mid-card title. Why do you have a guy that's that fucking mega over and now you push him aside to have him win a freaking mid-card title? Yeah, that makes sense. Fucking Christ sakes, man. Good things come to those that wait. The fuck you talking about, dude? Jesus Christ. How about you read the fucking room? How about you care? How about you not be so fucking petty, you big-nosed fuck? Golly, man.
You guys can disagree with what I'm saying. You get, you guys may come across this and say, man, this dude is mean. This dude is freaking harsh. Say what you want, but guess what? I'm right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that may sound cocky. That may sound arrogant, but it's everything that I am saying in this microphone in front of this camera is, is just facts. It just is, man. You know? And they've been doing this for years and years and years to where it's always somebody that made a name for themselves outside of this company. They do not like that shit. Same with LA Knight, with Cody Rhodes, Asuka, EO Sky, everybody, you name it. Karrion Cross. the list goes on and on and on and on. And just because we saw it coming doesn't make this, this situation that much better. It doesn't, but let's just keep trip. Let, let's just keep kissing his ass, man. Let's just keep saying how much a great, a great job Papa H is doing because of NXT black and gold, because we want to freaking cling on to the freaking cling on to the hope of, you know, because of black and gold and how, how, how decent and how well it did. Meanwhile, this dude had freaking dusty roads. This dude had Shawn Michaels and William Regal and everybody in his corner in a one hour show. And now by himself and with some other freaking marks and that freaking freaking schmucks, freaking sheep in that freaking in that community. And he's admitted to you as well. He doesn't know how to book the third hour. You know, it, it's, it's unbelievable. So the, the reason why we didn't get LA night to have a glorified memorable moment of him hoisting up that briefcase and the potential stories and the potential build you can have for LA Knight is because good things need to come to those that wait. It's like he it's like he has a plan, right? Bullshit. There's no fucking plan. Unless you're not Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. There's no fucking plan, bro. He doesn't give a fuck. Come on, dude. You're giving him and you're giving this company the benefit of the doubt, which they do not freaking deserve at all. At all. So Roman Reigns gets pinned. He gets pinned for the first time in God knows freaking how long to Jay Uso, a tag team wrestler. Much love to the Usos. And I said it, I said it on our, on our Instagram story. The best tag team of this modern era. No question. Much love to the Usos. But if you're going to have him pin Roman... The titles should have been off of him, but now the you know the the story is going to continue with him holding on to those titles. But the problem is the 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 feel and the build of him losing those titles and his and being pinned for the first time in so long has already been derailed. So what is the point of holding him of of Roman Reigns? holding on to those titles. Cody Rhodes could have used that shit because everything about his booking would have made sense with Brock and would have made sense with everything else after WrestleMania because nothing about Cody Rhodes right now, guys, regardless of how you feel about Cody, take your opinion, take your fandom aside or shove it up your ass, one of the two, and, and really think about this and really dissect this. There has been nothing about Cody Rhodes after WrestleMania that besides the grand entrance, and we love Cody Rhodes' entrance, we love doing the woe in his entrance, right? Everything that he has been involved in, there's no goosebumps, there's no intrigue, nothing makes sense to where you need to watch Cody Rhodes next week. There's nothing. 
There's absolutely nothing. He was over heading into Mania. There was intrigue there. But now there's nothing because this company is ass fucking backwards. And, 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 and fans want to and fans want to take my words and people who come across this platform and come across this community think that I just bitch and moan, just a bitch and moan. No, 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 no. You know, people want to ask, like, why are you so angry? People say, like, why are you so pissed about this company? It's just a TV show. It's just a wrestling show. No, motherfucker. These are people. These are these wrestlers reputations. The fact that me, a podcaster, a critic and a fan cares more about the booking and the reputation of these wrestlers than this fucking company. That's sad. That's really sad. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, that are die, that are true diehards and, and, and tried and trues of this community, this ruthless talk community, even as well care more about the booking of these wrestlers than this company does. That's fucking sad, man. Like dissect that. Really think about that for a second. We care more about the booking and the feuds and, and, and everything as a whole with these wrestlers more than people like Vince, than Triple H, and all those other schmucks in the back, all those these creative freaking writers, however many are fucking back there. We care more than this company. And that's the fucking problem. You know, that's why I voice out. Because, you know, People, th these are people's reputation. These are their freaking lives. They move away from their families. They move away from their homes. They're on the road 24 seven. And for me, for someone that has a voice, for someone that has, that someone that actually gives a shit about these wrestlers because of the time, the hard work that they put in, the least that I can do is to be honest and, and to help these wrestlers, you know, for my honest critique and my honest takes as possible to see them soar to the next level, to become larger than life. Because if I'm not doing that, I should not have this platform. I'm sorry, I shouldn't. I should just pack it up right now, man. Regardless if I have this platform or not, I could freaking lose. I can call this a quits today and I will lose no sleep. I don't have to do this, but I choose to because I love this business. I love professional wrestling and I wanna see everybody in this company succeed. And I want to see everybody become larger than life. But unfortunately it's boneheaded fucking decisions. Like you saw freaking this past Saturday that doesn't help a goddamn thing. And that's why we need to be honest, put your opinions, put your thoughts and your likes for a side and be honest with yourself, man. This is more than just a TV wrestling show. If you disagree, if you're one of those people, whatever, I'm not even talking to you, but I'm talking to the people that actually care about wrestling and really want to see this shit get better. You got to be honest. Okay. It's easy to just come onto this camera and say, yeah, I like this. I like Damian Priest winning the briefcase. I like freaking Seth Rollins and, and, and what he's doing. I like this Cody and Brock feud. I like it. I don't mind it. That's not... That's not doing anything. That's just speaking your, your, your personal preferences and opinions. But on this platform, it's about honesty. It's about not sugarcoating shit and talking the facts and the metrics of why shit is not working. Sure, WWE is making record revenue because of everything else besides the actual shows that they put out. But, you know, but we get the blunt of it. We, 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 we get the bullet because these shows have been inconsistent and for the most part, 
outside of the bloodline, like me and Brian always mention, these feuds, these stories make no sense and they suck. And nobody feels special because it's people like Triple H. And if you want to throw Vince McMahon in there, fine, but you better throw Triple H in there to have a guy that has been has gotten so over so naturally with this crowd, like LA Knight, a guy that was super mega over with Cody Rhodes. But they're so petty because a Cody Rhodes was a guy from AEW that that slammed that sledgehammer to Triple H's throne from that first episode or one of their first, I believe it was Double or Nothing, one of their first episodes of Dynamite, right? You think Triple H has forgotten about that? You don't think Triple H is fucking petty like Vince McMahon? He's just, he is just as petty as Vince. And the same goes with LA Knight and everybody that has made a name for themselves outside of WWE. And that's the problem. And just because we see it coming doesn't make the situation any better. But it's people like us that we have to call it out and say, you need to fix this. You need to change this. And what you're doing is bullshit. Good things come to those that wait. Fuck off. Unbelievable. So that's my, that's my, fi- that, that's my take, man. And, and I'm sure you guys are going to hear me talk a lot more about this LA night situation, man. I have, and, 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 you know, I just, I have never seen, bro, the same calendar year, two of the biggest booking botches in recent memory. The first was Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. And now it's this, a guy who is white hot, a guy who is ready to take his talent to the next level. The briefcase would have done it, but we give it to Damian Priest because we respect and admire Damian Priest. And we think, and we hope you know, we play, we play cute. We play this little cute game to say, if we give him the briefcase, you know, this could potentially get him over. That's not how it works. Motherfucker. You put the rocket, you put the briefcase, you give the briefcase to the guy that's already, that's already over. Not somebody that's about to be, or potentially could be over that could help them get over. It's not how it works. You know? Two of the biggest booking botches I have ever seen in my entire fucking life in watching this freaking wrestling community or this, this just, just professional wrestling in general, two of the biggest booking botches I have ever seen as a fan. Unbelievable. And you could count Austin theory as well, having him cash in his contract on a mid card title during an open challenge. And that's triple H Paul Lebeck for you. But let's keep kissing his ass, man. Let's keep saying how many bangers, how many great bangers he produces. Let's keep saying how everything is great. Let's keep freaking blaming Vince and keep trashing Vince of how many times we hear reports about him secretly, maybe potentially, assumingly having his hand in the cookie jar and getting involved in creative. Let's just keep doing it because nothing is going to get better. Nothing. Because you're letting people like Triple H off the hook for him to continue to do this bullshit again and again and again. So you can disagree with what I'm saying, but my stand, my, my words stand the way it is. LA Knight should have won this past Saturday. He should be holding onto that briefcase. And this dude at the age of 40 should have the world by the fucking balls that he should have this company and this and WWE 
by the fucking balls. But it's because this company is so darn freaking petty and because, you know, it's Triple H and it's Vince McMahon as well that everything is ass backwards and nothing is getting better and nobody, nobody. You had a chance with LA Knight. Why nobody feels larger than life outside of Roman Reigns, maybe. Probably Roman Reigns and that's that's it. Don't give me Seth Rollins. Don't give me freaking bet. Stop. No. Don't give me shut. Stop. Roman Reigns is the pretty much the only one. Outside of that, there's nobody. So I know that was a long cold open, but I had to get this off my chest, man. I really, really did. If you guys disagree, that's fine. Whatever. It's eye of the beholder. More power to you. Um, I just, you know, just understand where I'm coming from, man. That we could be getting a better product. You could be getting a better product than what you're getting. Just bring up your standards a little bit, man. Stop accepting the bare freaking minimum. And that's it. You know, that's it. You can like something. It's not about liking stuff. You can like something, but yet still hold somebody accountable for what they're doing. You can do both, man. You just got to give it a try once in a while. So. So that's my take, man. As soon as I, I saw that presser and I had to, I had to mention about it, you know, and I'm sure you guys are going to continue to hear me talk about LA night and how moving forward, I'm sure it's really going to, we're going to see, you know, if good things come to those that wait in regards to, in regards to LA night, we shall see. you know, is he going to hold on to the United States championship? I don't know. Is that going to make him? More over than he than he should have been holding onto the briefcase. I highly doubt it, bro. I highly doubt it. All right, man. Let us not waste any more time. Let us get us. Let's get straight into uh, Monday Night Raw. So I know it's a holiday. This is a holiday week. There's a lot of people I'm sure that are up and about. You know, on vacations with their families and friends. So I'm not going to waste too much time. Yes, I am going to go over the entire show uh, once that is done. Um, you know, we will. We will pretty much call it a day and I will wrap it, uh, wrap this up to give, you know, everybody a chance to enjoy uh, their 4th of July and um, their holiday week and everything, uh, their vacations with their family and friends uh, for, for those who are watching. So I'm going to try not to, not, not to be too, not to go too overboard, you know, and try to make this as short, as sweet as I can. So without further ado, let us jump straight into this Monday Night Raw review. Monday Night Raw, July 3rd, 2023, live in Baltimore, Maryland. Show starts off hour number one with Seth Rollins, your WWE World Heavyweight Champion. His music hits, and he enters the ring. Um, you know, if I guys, I'm not even bullshitting too. As soon as he's standing in the middle of the ring with his arms wide open, the, I legit hit the mute button. I'm not kidding. Um, I am done hearing the song. Um, th this harmonization of his theme song, I'm done. I, I, every time I, I just, I, it, it comes across my television screen. I hit the mute button. It is so fucking nauseating to freaking just listen to it, And it's just like enough, man. It's cool for a several, for a couple, several seconds, but after you hear it for like legit minutes on for several minutes on end, it's just like enough, man. And that's where. That's where I'm just at with this, with, with this theme song, bro. I legit just hit the mute button. It is that bad. Um, but more props to Seth. People, 
There's people out there that still somehow like this song. So more props to Seth, I guess. But he's in the middle of the ring with that world title around his waist. Um, you know, recapping Money in the Bank and his match with Finn Balor. You know, he's hyping up SummerSlam. And Cody Rhodes' music hits. Cody Rhodes' music hits. And before the dude says anything, he's entering, he, he, you know, he just entered the ring. Before he says anything else, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar returns his music hits. Um, doesn't enter the ring because, well, Cody Rhodes, this dude immediately just goes straight after Brock at the rampway. And both men just come to blows. Cody Rhodes hits Brock with a Cody cutter. By this point, Seth Rollins, like, I don't know if he just went to went to get a drink at the local concession stand <laughs> in freaking Baltimore, wherever they were at, whatever arena they were at in Baltimore, just went to get a quick freaking drink or a snack at the concession stand. The dude was nowhere to be found. Um, and Cody Rhodes hits, hits Brock with the Cody cutter and Brock retreats up the rampway and Cody stands tall. Um, after commercial break, uh, Seth Rollins is back in the ring. And before he says any any more words, the Judgment Day uh, enter the ring minus Finn Balor. You know, if, you know, Seth Rollins is kind of making fun of the Judgment Day. I'll, you know, he kind of acknowledges the fact that Finn Balor's not there. And like I just mentioned, guys, at the top of the show, everything I said about Damian Priest and what he's going to do moving forward, he threatened Seth Rollins on how I can cash in this briefcase tonight. I can do it at SummerSlam. I can do it at Survivor Series. And just threatens Rollins that he should just watch his back, you know, and that, and guys, I'm telling you, man, just get used to it. You're going to get the same redundant shit um, when it comes to Damian Priest and trying to tell a story with him holding on to this briefcase. You know, and I'm sorry, guys, if you're excited, that's great for you. For me, I get no freaking, I get no goosebumps. I get no feels like I could have gotten with LA Knight. It's just the honest truth, man. So um, so Damien Priest, yep, so he acknowledges and threatens Rollins about cashing, cashing in his contract. You know, Dominic continues to get booed as he tries to say some words, um, as this kind of leads to a match between Rollins and Dominic Mysterio uh, for later on in the night, as that would be your main event for later on in the night. Um, as Rhea Ripley pretty much, you know, laid down the challenge for Rollins because freaking Dominic's just getting booed uh, out of the arena, so... Look, man, um, I'll start off with Brock and, and, and Cody's. I mean, guys, look, I, I'm sorry, man. These dudes can fight whatever stipulation they want to at SummerSlam. It could be a no-holds-barred. They can fight in a cage. They can fight in the parking lot. I, I mean, the build-up to it, it's not going to get me that much more excited. It's not because nothing about them feuding together makes sense because now for four straight months, we still don't know why the fuck Brock Lesnar is attacking Cody Rhodes. But like I mentioned earlier, it would make sense if Cody Rhodes is holding on to the title because now Brock Lesnar has something to go after because he couldn't go after those titles when Roman Reigns was champion because of the stipulation from this past SummerSlam a year ago, you know, but I'm sorry, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm using too much too much common sense here with, with, with my takes here. I know, I know it's way too much to handle. I understand. But so, yeah, it's it just, so Brock comes back and he takes a Cody cutter and Brock, he comes back just to retreat up the ramp and, and that's it. Uh, okay. Um, again, no explanation about anything. It's just, it's, you know, <laughs> it's just moving on. I, I, I'm not even going to harp more about that. So, and then after commercial, so Rollins, after he takes his break from the concession stand, he gets his drink and all that shit. Um, Seth Rollins, 
He comes back on the microphone and then judgment days in the ring. So look, man, again, Damian Priest holding on to this, this contract. It doesn't get me that much more excited, bro. It just, it doesn't. I like Damian Priest. It's not about not liking or disliking the dude. There's nothing about him about cashing in the contract that makes me want to see it. That makes me that much more intrigued about it. You know, the guy has potential. I agree. He's talented. But it's not his time to be holding on to that briefcase, man. I will say that to the fucking cows come home. I don't care how many times I have to sound like a broken record. I'm going to keep fucking saying it. So, and that's that's all I... And then Dominic, it leads into a match between Dominic and, 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 Seth, and Seth Rollins. So, yeah, it's just... And that's your what? Your first 30, 20-some-odd minutes into the show, I, I want to say. So, and it leads into... It's just like, guys, like... For fuck's sake. So so obviously we knew Brock was going to come back. We knew that. So we're, resume, we're resuming this story, right? story um, that nobody is hardly gravitating towards, that nobody really cares because there's no story, right? That's the first part. And, we, and then the next part is to get Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins a match later on in the night. Okay. <laughs> I mean, guys, what, 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 what do you want? What do you want me to say? Um, you know, that I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat to see, to see Dominic and Seth Rollins in a, in a good wrestling match. Come on, stop. Just please stop uh, enough. Up next, Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura. So Damian Priest in the judgment day, they stay at ringside um, as he's facing Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, Nakamura is like taunting Rhea Ripley at ringside. She's <laughs> Nakamura doing a shtick. Freaking, I do like Shinsuke, man. Hey, shout out to Shinsuke, by the way. His, in, his English has gotten really, really good um, as of late, man. I, I, I remember hearing him speak over the last several weeks leading up to Money in the Bank, man. That dude's English, bro. Like, I don't know what this dude's been doing, man. His English has gotten a lot better. So, hey, shout out to Shinsuke, man. I, I, seriously, really, it was really, 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 really good stuff. Um, You know, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, Priest uh, delivers a, um, or after countering a Kinshasa, so Nakamura is going for the Kinshasa. Priest counters it and wins the match via a South of Heaven chokeslam. And that's it. So not even, guys, not even a <laughs> freaking little Uzi freaking, you know, promoting him for one of his songs and his new album can't even help Shinsuke <laughs> Nakamura. Um, by the way, shout out to little Uzi in that song. Uh, the, the song is legit called Nakamura's not, not even that can freaking help freaking Shinsuke get any type of fucking momentum at all. Just loses another, just a simplistic match to, to, to Damian Priest. And of course he, he has to win. I mean, if, if you're picking one of the two in this match, it has to be Priest. Cause you know, whether we like it or not, I guess at this point he is holding onto that briefcase. So you can't have him lose. Um, but what about Shinsuke, man? I, I, I mean, how many times is this dude going to get 50-50 booked to where he wins a match, he loses a match, he wins a match, he loses a match to where nobody takes him fucking seriously? And maybe that's just what this company just looks as him, man. He, he's just a, a decent, solid mid-carder. I, I don't know. It's a shame because he's, he's more than that. But that's just what this company just sees him as such. And it's bullshit. I mean, guys, and and like like and what's there to praise, bro? That's that's all I have. He he Damien Priest wins this match via the via the South of Heaven choke slam, and that's it. Like what what well, I, I don't know what else you want me to say. That that's it. We we go we cut to we cut to backstage or commercial, and that's it. 
So Shinsuke, you know, shout out to him and his, you know, freaking being promoted in the little Uzi song, <laughs> you know, Hey, more props to him. But fortunately that's, I guess that doesn't give you any more proper booking. So I, I don't know, but anyway, moving on. Up next, we have Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey comes out, her music hits, and enters the ring. Before she says anything else, immediately Shayna Baszler interrupts. Um, cuts a decent promo, and, and I'm going to talk more about it in just a second. The first thing she says is, I can speak for everyone here that we are all sick and tired of you of hearing you trying to speak into a microphone. <laughs> I got to say, like, that, that was... <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people are freaking like clapping and giving that applause and, you know, freaking, <laughs> you know, for the amount of people that just do not like freaking Ronda Rousey and understandably so, you know, I, I, I'm, on, I'm, I'm one of those people that honestly really don't mind Ronda Rousey. I understand that she hasn't been good as of late. I, tr so I completely get, you know, wh where p other people are coming from. And that's the thing when it comes to me and liking certain wrestlers and who I'm a fan of, you know, for for instance, I'm a fan of Bray Wyatt, you know, but I know people are not going to, they're not going to get on board with a shtick. Like, oh, that's just, Bray Wyatt doesn't do it for me. That's fine. You know, I can understand why people don't like him and his character and his persona is not for everybody. I get it. You know, but when you try to say that he's, you know, freaking, you know, people like Ronda Rousey or Bray Wyatt don't have a place in the company, especially Bray Wyatt, that, you know, he's not doing anything for the company and he sucks and he has no talent. Like, okay, that's when you're just talking out of your ass. So, so that's just my little, you know, assumption in regards to that with, with, with Ronda Rousey there. So, um, so freaking Ronda Rousey demands an apology or demands to give demands Baszler that she gives her an explanation, like why she did what she did at, at money in the bank. Now Baszler resp responds with, I am the only reason that you are here. The only thing I owe anybody is an apology for bringing as an apology to everyone for bringing you into this business. You know, Baszler goes on to say how how you know she she goes on to say that unlike her, unlike Rhonda, she has paid her dues. While she's so how she legit just walked through the back door straight into WrestleMania, straight into the main event of WrestleMania. You know, she says, "I love this, and you ruined it for me." You know, and, and that's when finally, you know, tempers just flare and, you know, Ronda and Shayna just go to blows. They brawl on the outside. Ronda Rousey locks in, looks to lock in the sleeper hold. Baszler counters it and puts an ankle lock onto Ronda Rousey. Then Baszler delivers a devastating knee to the face and Shayna Baszler stands tall as she walks off. Ronda Rousey, like, completely no, no sells this knee. I mean, guys, go back and watch it. Not even seconds after she took this knee, she she's already like already conscious, right? You think like a devastating knee like that, you're you're out for like a good several couple minutes, right? You would think, but Ronda Rousey just completely no sells the shit, and she's already like to to the point where she's talking and screaming at Shayna like, hey, you know, Shayna, get back here, like we're not done, get back here, Shayna, what are you doing? I'm like. I thought you just, didn't you just take a fucking knee to your fucking face? <laughs> I, listen, I like Ronda, man, but it's stuff like that where to where you gotta like, you gotta clean that shit up, man. I mean, that's just, that's just ridiculous. I, I mean, come on, bro. Like, what are we doing? I mean, she takes this devastating knee to the face and she, she just gets right back to consciousness and starts screaming within seconds to Shayna Baszler as she walks up the ramp. Really? Just, just really weird, man. Um... 
Yeah, look, in regards to this feud, look, Shayna Baszler, here's what I'll say about Shayna, because I know there's been a lot of talk about Shayna with this uh, with this promo. Decent promo. Um, I'm glad they gave her the time to speak and and gave wrestling fans the taste of what she could do. Um, so I like that in that aspect. However, I'm not going to, but this was just a, it was just a decent to good promo. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing that I would ever want to go back and want to go back and listen to, or I'm going to remember. Um, it was a decent promo, decent to good promo for what it was. I think the only line that I can maybe remember is the first thing that she said, where like, I think I could speak for everyone that we are all sick and tired of hearing you trying to speak into a microphone. Like that was pretty, that was probably her best line out of, out of everything. Right. But, but outside of that, I mean, it was, that's it. Um, there was nothing that much special about it. It was a decent promo and that's it. You know, and that, that's the thing about wrestling fans too. We love <laughs> to blow things out of proportion to the, like to the high heavens, man. I like Shayna Baszler, man. I like Ronda Rousey. But I mean, we like we gotta like tone it down a bit to where things are awesome and when things are great, it's it is as such. Like it's justified as such. You know what I mean? So look, this feud. I, I meant what I said about uh, with Money in the Bank and how it's just weird how we had to play hot potato with these tag titles, these women's tag titles, just to get to this moment. And speaking of these women's tag titles, I got a lot to say in regards to what the fuck happened in, in regards to the second hour, the start of the second hour. So look, can this feud be good? Can this, do, does this feud to have potential? Of course, absolutely. Um, just because it's Ronda and Shayna doesn't mean I'm just going to immediately shit on it because that's the popular thing to do now, right? No. Um, but I will say is that in regards to Ronda, regardless, you know, everything that people want to say about Ronda Rousey, I get it. I understand that, man. But this was a woman that was known as the baddest woman on the planet. And ever since, she's pretty much started. She's had her moments, but everything about her has, when it comes to the booking aspect of everything and not putting her in the right situations, they're having her cut these long essay type promos at times and just exposing her to where fans are turning on her and it just derails her. And it's just like, like this is Ronda Rousey, man. At the end of the day, this is Ronda Rousey. This was a, this is legit guys, whether you want to admit it or not, a legend in the UFC and a legend in combat sports. And you bring her into WWE and for the past several, I want to say months to even a year and a half or so, she hasn't felt that way. She, she just hasn't. I understand if you just don't like the woman, that's totally fine. But to say that she didn't have a place in this company to where she could have felt as such, you know, like just keep her booking simplistic. You know, everything is short and sweet and to the point. You make her badass. You, you know, for the most time she's, she's allowing her actions to do the talking. So, but they've, but WWE has done everything underneath the sun to just fuck it up. Every single freaking time. So can this potentially be fun? Sure. Do I believe it's going to? No, it, it, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not. I, I hope it is and I'll give it a chance. Trust me, just because I, I have no expectations for it. I have very little hope for it. 
doesn't mean I'm not going to give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. I liked the turn this past Saturday, and and we'll see where we go. We'll 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 see where we go from there. Hour number two, we go into a women's tag turmoil match. Oh boy, um, yeah, man. Just uh, I mean, this is this is the definition of WWE's women's division, the booking of their women's division, and how the short end of the stick everybody gets. Guys, listen to these teams. Um, obviously, you have your women's tag champs. You have Liv and Raquel um, at ringside watching this match. You have Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. Okay, they've been a team for a while. They're not really a team, but what, okay, whatever. Um, Caden Carter, Katana Chance. Hey, we like we, we like those two. They're actually a decent tag team. That That is a team that actually feels like a team, right? And guys, I, sh- I guys, I shit you not with these other three teams. Nikki Cross and Emma. What the fuck? What? What What in the shit? Nikki Cross and Emma. Again, guys, tell me you don't give a shit without telling me you don't care. You're throwing in two in the most random way possible. Because this is the only way we could determine number one contenders now. In weird, just baffling, nonsensical tag turmoil matches, gauntlet matches, and you throw wrestler wrestler A and B in a team, like, the fuck? Emma's been off of TV for for how long? She's been, what, on main event? (laughs) And now you put her on Raw to say, oh, hey, like, I can be your tag partner. To, to Nikki Cross, if Nikki Cross is not going to team with Candice LeRae. By the way, Candice LeRae, yes, she's in this match with Indy Hartwell. So, hey, good to see Indy Hartwell. Seems like she's back from injury. Good to see her. She's teaming with Candice and, and Indy Hartwell. I guess they're a part of the Way faction. So, I, I guess if you want to make I, – I can name a million different ways to make Indy Hartwell's re-debut or her debut on the main roster very special. But, you know, what the fuck do I know, man? And guys, I shit you not, Tegan Knox and Dana Brooke. <laughs> Dan- yes, guys, Dana Brooke, the, the same Dana Brooke that has been on freaking NXT over the past several, several freaking weeks. And you throw her with Tegan Knox. Guys, these are two women, Emma, Tegan Knox, that have not even been on fucking television. And they're in this random fucking team that you expect fans to care and to give a shit about in a tag turmoil match for tag titles that nobody even gives a fuck about either because they've been derailed ever since they were a thing. Oh my God. Anyway, Chelsea Green, they just run through everybody. To make a long story short, they just run through everybody. Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. So yeah, guys, Indy Hartwell has just been, yep, Go go to go to catering in the back with with Candice and Johnny Gargano. There you go, Andy Hartwell. There's your debut. There's your fucking debut for Andy Hartwell. What are we fucking doing, guys? That's how you bring back Andy Hartwell. She has been out for how long? For I want to say a c- couple months, right? Couple months. So that gives you a little bit of time to think. How can I make Andy Hartwell feel special on in her return in her debut on the main roster? Like, how can I make her feel as such to make fans say, man, I got to see Indy Hartwell next week. 
No, let's put her in a fucking tag team with Candice LeRae going after irrelevant women's tag titles. And they're the first fucking team to get eliminated. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I, I have no fucking words. That, that's your big fuck. That, that's your re-debut. That's your debut. That's your main roster debut for Indy Hartwell. Come on, bro. You, she's better off back in fucking catering, dude. Oh, but she's getting TV time. Stop. Stop. Come on, dude. You got to make these debuts, these re-debuts meaningful, bro. Does anybody give a fuck? Jesus. So they get eliminated. Like, like they're, like, they're just a, like, they're, like, they're pieces of fucking garbage. There you go. They get defeated. Go to the back, Indy Hartwell. Go to the back, Candace. You know, we'll, we'll wait to, we'll, 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 maybe we'll form something with you guys with the way, maybe, you know, just, you know, good things come to those that wait. <laughs> right? Fuck out of here, man. Bullshit. Um, Nikki Cross and Emma then are eliminated within a minute or two. And like I mentioned, Chelsea Green just runs through the entire, the entire freaking, uh, the, the, the entire turmoil. They come down to Katana Chance and Caden Carter. The best spot of this freaking match was a freaking Hurricanrana delivered by Katana. She delivers the Hurricanrana um, off of the top rope on, uh, on Caden's shoulders. She delivered it to Chelsea Green while Chelsea Green is on Caden Carter's shoulders. Badass freaking spot there. I really like that, man. That's what I mean, bro, about this fucking team. If you actually, if you actually give a fuck about this team and their booking, I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of fans as well as casuals that can easily get behind them. If you, the machine, could get behind them. That's all I'm saying, dude. Um, but no, they just lose a simplistic tag turmoil match. And Chelsea Green... And Sonya Deville, um, Chelsea Green wins via the unprettier finisher to Caden Carter and win tag turmoil. So they're going to face, once again, Liv Morgan and Raquel to, uh, to face each other for the tag titles. Uh, the, same, the same fucking two teams that we've seen face each other already um, for, for these said fucking titles. So, you, so you, you have the title unification match. You have Alba Fire and Isla Dawn lose those freaking titles. You have her lose to Shayna and Ronda just for have to Shayna and Ronda lose those titles and split up just to give them back to freaking Raquel and Liv, which I, which I can pot, which I can confidently say that mostly nobody gives a fuck about to once to be the, to, in the first team, you once again, put them back with Chelsea Green and Sonia. What are we fucking doing, man? What is what is the booking of this women's division, bro? This is why people like Trish Stratus are here, guys, regardless if you like it or not. Because, and we're going to get to Trish Stratus in just a second. The short, it is, this is the definition of getting the short end of the stick. You have all of these women on your roster and you say, fuck it. Let's throw them all in a freaking tag turmoil match that nobody cares for a bunch of set of titles that nobody fucking cares either. It's sad. You have Nikki Cross. You have this team in Katana Chance and Caden Carter, Emma, 
Tiga Knox, Chelsea Green, all of these women that have potential that you that could be something, you know, and you don't even want to put any time and care and effort into it. Sad. If your name is not Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch, man, I'm telling you, this company, Triple H and Vince, whoever, whatever name you want to throw into, both of them, they are not going to fucking care at all. So once, so what, do you, guys? What do you want me to say, man? What do you want me to say? That I'm, I'm, I'm that excited about to see to see these same two fucking teams that I saw just several months ago face each other again. Liv Morgan and and Raquel. They win back their championships to now do what? To face the same two teams that they just did not too long ago. Come on, man. This is redundant. This is fucking lazy. And it's and it's freaking, it's ass fucking backwards. And it's just, it's pathetic. It's pathetically fucking bad. Unbelievable. Up next, uh, Becky Lynch, her music hits. She enters the ring. Uh, Becky Lynch, she wastes no time. She calls out Trish Stratus to the ring. Trish Stratus music hits. Um, she comes out along with Zoe Starks by her side. Trish Stratus brings back her face mask. I don't know if you guys, you, you old school wrestling fans from, from the early 2000s to the late 1990s, remember that face mask that Trish Stratus wore when uh, I believe she wore that mask in the first ever women's main event. I believe that main event match was against Lita on a Monday night raw. She wore that same face mask. Um, so a lot of memories were brought back with that face mask, man. I freaking loved it. How she, she broke her, her face during <laughs> the money in the bank women's match. Uh, freaking love that man. So Trish Stratus has the mask and all like, listen, even with this mask, I'm still more pretty than every single one of you people here in Baltimore. Freaking loved it, man. Trish Stratus once again was on her freaking a game last night, um, on this microphone, trying to make something out of nothing um with this uh with this feud seriously it, it's <laughs> gotta love trish man that's why she is she is the best in this industry seriously she really really is um you know she goes on to say she is not medically cleared because lynch broke her face <laughs> um lynch says like all right that's fine um I, I don't feel sorry about any of that so why don't your lapdog zoe starks come here and fight me <laughs> you know, why, why don't she come out here and fight me? And I'll send your lap dog over here. You know, and Trish Stratus goes on to say, you know, freaking Becky Lynch says some, says some more words calling out freaking Trish saying that like, Oh, like called her out saying like, Oh, Trish or Zoe's like better than her or something along those lines. I forget what was said, you know, and Trish Stratus goes on to say like how nobody's better than her. You know, I'm, I'm you know, the reason why I'm back, you know, cause Becky Lynch went on to say, look, you no, know, why are you here if you're not going to fight me, Trish? Like, what are we doing here? Like, you keep, you keep, you know, you, you, you're out here, you're talking all this crap and how you're the best in this division. You know, why are you here if you don't want to fight me? You keep attacking me from behind. You keep, you keep saying all this disrespect to my name. Why won't you fight me? Like, what is, like, what are you doing here? You know, and Trish Stratus goes on to say, like, listen, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring relevance or something along those lines back to this women's division, just a, a decent back and forth, man. I mean, it was okay. It was again, similar to, to, to Shayna and Rhonda. It was for what it was. It was fine. There was no, I'm not going to, if you guys expect me to shit on something like this, um, think again, cause I'm not going to, I, I'm, I'm not. So, um, there was nothing about this. I mean, moving forward. I mean, you know, depending on what, go, on what comes, what's to come with this. I mean, sure. It remains to be seen, but for this, I, there was, there's, there's nothing really for me to, 
to really trash. It was a decent back and forth. The only thing I will say is that it did drag on a bit. I, I felt like we could have gotten straight to the point just a little bit sooner. I'm all for, for, for letting shit breathe in a segment, but sometimes in regards to, I always talk about reading the room and how, and listen, I know I'm the min- minority of this in regards to, you know, wrestling fans and saying like, I got like James, I don't really care about Trish and Becky Lynch in a feud. I just don't care about it. Okay. Hey, that's totally fine. I, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from seriously. And, you know, and I know I'm in the minority of, you know, people that don't mind Becky Lynch and Trish going at it. I know that. So with that being said, you want to read the room where a majority of fans are probably going to say, all right, just, just get to the point, hit your bullet points the way they need to hit. And, and let's, you know, and I felt like it dragged on just a little bit too long. That's my only gripe about it most for the, for the most part there. Um, you know, so freaking, <laughs> you know, so like I said, triple, uh, triple H, uh, Trish Stratus goes on to say, no, nobody's better than her. And she says, you know what, you know, Zoe Starks, why not Zoe Starks come down to that ring and take care of you right now? And then she's going down to the ring and then she holds up, uh, she holds up Zoe Starks saying, oh, but wait a minute. I, uh. I forgot to say that I actually have a medical appointment. Like right now <laughs> I have a medical appointment on my face to get to. And you know, freaking, and she calls Baltimore Baltiless <laughs> calling out the freaking crowd. Freaking got a pop out of freaking Rory. I don't know if like, it was like, you know, freaking uh, laughing just to laugh with the you know, just being the heel, like staying in character as the heel commentator. Uh, but it got a pop out of freaking me. I thought that shit was funny. Um, yeah. And this pretty much just, just sets up a match between Becky Lynch and Zoe Starks. And that's what I mean, man. Like the fact that it was just to set up a, a match with Zoe Starks and Becky next week, I felt like we could have just gotten to the point a little bit more sooner, but outside of that, man, I mean, nothing, there's nothing really for me to bash about outside of that. So you're going to get Zoe Starks and Becky Lynch next week. I mean, they're going to Trish and and Becky are going to face at SummerSlam. I just hope that, you know, by the time we get to SummerSlam, people or fans are just not turned off by it because I know a lot of majority of fans are just just not behind this feud. They're just not behind, you know, whatever's going on between these two. And hey, and more and much props to Becky Lynch as well, because if and I've spoken about this about Becky, how she has really she's distanced herself lately away from this title, you know, and just trying to tell a story in a non title feud with people like Trish and others. I fully respect that man, you know, and, and it, I, I really, really do. So, you know, trying to get away from the title, trying to connect with fans in regards to not always being in the title picture. So I had to call that, I had to call that out with, with, when, when it comes to that. Um, so if you're, if, you know, if you're into this, in, into the story and into this feud, you know, if you're not, I can understand, trust me, I, I completely hear where you're coming from. Um, but in regards to Trish and the promo she cut, man, I, I, I think it's clear as day. Um, well, actually not, not that I think I know <laughs> just from dissecting the show, she has been, and as of late, since she's turned on Becky, the bright spot in this, in this company, in this women's division, you know, it's sad because it's Trish Stratus. She's an older, and by the way, like this woman doesn't age, by the way, bro, this woman at what, 47 some odd years of age. Good fucking Jesus <laughs> props to Trish Stratus, man. Jesus, man. That woman is looking good, bro, <laughs> man. All right, let's, let's move on, <laughs> Let let's move on here. Up next, we have a six person mixed tag match. This is alpha Academy 
and Max Dupree versus Valhalla and the Viking Raiders. So look, I'm not a fan in regards to into these mixed smash matches. I'm not, but actually for what this was, this match was pretty solid, pretty entertaining. (laughs) And it involves the alpha Academy. That doesn't shock me either because the alpha Academy wait for it is pretty darn entertaining, right? Just put alpha Academy. If you want them to have them do comedy shticks and people that get a good laugh and stuff, you know, make it memorable and make it meaningful. You know, just not everybody when you're doing a comedy shtick always has to feel like a clown, like a sideshow. And Alpha Academy, for majority of their time as a team, has just felt that way. Um, and now you add Maxine Dupree. She does the fucking caterpillar. <laughs> she looked like a demented seal. But hey, you know, she made it work. She made it work for, for what she did. Um, as Maxine Dupree, she wins the match via Alpha Academy, pinning Valhalla via, via the awe-inspiring, the ultra-devastating roll-up finish. That is right. Um, you know, hey, freaking Alpha Academy, man. Chad Gable, Coach Chad Gable taught her well because I'm sure he knows that when it comes to the roll-up finish, man, you know, That is a hard maneuver to kick out of because nobody kicks out of the roll-up finish, you know? But here's the thing what I will say, and I know people expect me to, like, bash this, like, oh, James is going to bash this man. James is going to definitely definitely go into bits with this. Like, actually, I I really don't. (laughs) The match was was entertaining for what it was. I I, I thought the Maxine Caterpillar was fucking hilarious. Um, This tandem with... With Maxine and Alpha Academy, Otis and Chad Gable is is darn entertaining. Um, it sucks that again that the Viking Raiders have to be the only gripe that I maybe do have about is the fact that Viking Raiders just don't feel as dominant and as you know as just feeling as such as of late because their booking has been that inconsistent. But for what this mixed tag was, I'll take it. It, it was darn entertaining for what it was. Maxine Dupree, she was, <laughs> she was, she was the highlight of this match. So hey, prop, props to her and, and props to Alpha Academy, man. That this is what I mean, man. This it's it's teams and fat and, and teams like and people like Chad Gable and Otis, man, that can do wonders for your company, even in a comedy shtick, to do entertaining shit like this, right? Could it be better? No question. Then no, but no question about it. Uh, you know, better than putting these three or six people, I should say, in a mixed tag. No question. Um, but for what it was, freaking entertaining. And, you know, no harm, no foul. No harm, no foul at all. Uh, next week, Ricochet and Logan Paul will be face-to-face next week. So apparently freaking Ricochet and Logan Paul went at it um, after Money in the Bank went off the air. After their match in, in, uh, backstage, they went to blows at one another as Ricochet was backstage calling out Logan Paul for a face-to-face next week. So I guess we're getting Ricochet and, and Logan Paul. Um, I, I guess that's, that's what we're doing. I mean, if you're listen, if you're not going to give the briefcase to LA Knight, I mean, hell at, at least put him in a really cool freaking <laughs> a really cool freaking feud with, with freaking Logan Paul and LA Knight. And I said this to Brian when we were watching, uh, we were watching SmackDown just last week. Man, Logan Paul as a heel and a baby in a face LA Knight of how over this dude is with the crowd and you put those two together. 
how highly freaking entertaining that shit would be. Sign me up, man. But now, now we just get Ricochet. Just, just weird. I mean, I guess good for Ricochet. I guess he'll get a little bit of exposure with Logan Paul because I know Logan Paul is the megastar. He's the YouTuber. People know Logan Paul from outside of this company. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, Logan, Ricochet and Logan Paul. I mean, Logan Paul is going to probably carry this face to face. Cause again, I, again, this is no shade to Ricochet, but I'm sorry, man, outside of you know, and he and he was tremendous in in the Money in the Bank ladder match, but and that, but that's what I mean in regards to booking people like Ricochet. Is you do the flips and dives, you do all that stuff at the pay per views when it's time to do such. When every week he just goes out there to put on a tremendous match, but that's that's it. There's nothing about Ricochet, and maybe you know, maybe this maybe this is uh maybe this is a way an opportunity. You know, I, I guess if you want to put that, put it in that way in regards to Ricochet, uh, there's so many people that I would put over in, in regards to Logan Paul in a feud with Logan Paul. There's more people that I would think of than Ricochet, if I'm just being honest with you. But I mean, I don't know, man, there's not much thought I have, uh, I have about that as of right now, I guess we'll find out where that, where that leads to as well. So up next, we are in hour number three, Rhea Ripley versus Natalia. This was for the WWE Women's World title. Uh, Rhea Ripley's walking down the rampway. Natalia attacks her from behind at the ramp as the bell rings. And Natalia, she's trying to stay on Rhea. She's, you know, beating her to the punch. Um, and man, like Natalia puts up a tremendous good fight, man. She really, really does. Is this match for what it was? Hey. Freaking golf clap. This is probably the most intrigued match, you know, as I'm watching it, the more the match goes on where I'm like, dang, like, you know, this, this match is darn, this match is darn good, man. I, I don't remember the, <laughs> I don't remember the last time I, I said that about a Natalia match. So, Hey, props to Natalia. Um, you know, and I got more to say about that a little bit more. And, and, and once I'm done with this segment here, this match here. So Rhea takes advantage though. She gains back the upper hand with a right hand straight to freaking Natalia's mug. Um, there was a really cool maneuver here as Rhea Ripley delivered a massive headbutt um, to Natalia using the power from her legs. So she's up on the turnbuckle. She catches Natalia. She's charging towards her, catching her with her legs and headbutting the shit out of her. That was actually a pretty decent spot. I'm not going to lie there. So, um, you know, decent, uh, nice stuff from, from Rhea Ripley there. Um, Natalia, again, Natalia puts up a good fight. She puts up a good fight. Um, you know, counters Rhea's frog splash. She puts Rhea into the sharpshooter. Rhea, you know, counters it. She gets out of it. She regains control and Rhea wins this match via the riptide for the W. Uh, post-match Rhea attacks Natalia, uh, some more after the bell. Rhea, uh, Raquel and Liv, your women's tag champs, they come to the aid. Rhea Ripley retreats up the rampway um, with Raquel, as Raquel was the main focus of the the stare from the ring to the rampway. And it seems like we're gonna get a a potential feud with um, with Raquel and 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 Rhea here. I I, I mean. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know what they're going to face each other on a Monday night raw. Because I mean, you're, you're trying to build Raquel to be, to, to be in a tag with live. And now you're going to have her fit. It's just, I, I don't understand, bro. Um, but outside, outside of that, um, Hey, 
Not a bad freaking, not, not a bad little match, man. Again, this is another segment that I expect a lot of people <laughs> in, in, in this community to be like, yeah, James is not going to like this. No, no, I, I got no problem with this at all. Now, the, now here's where I will say is that why couldn't we get this at the pay-per-view, bro? Why, why couldn't we get this at Night of Champions when they fought a couple weeks ago at Night of Champions in Saudi? Instead, they had Natalia freaking lose in less than a minute. And now you finally want to give her some time and make her not make her that much of more of a loser in defeat, um, which is a positive as in, in of itself. But do that should have just done that at the pay per view, bro. And then you do a rematch. A uh, man, I mean, I mean, it's it sucks that I had no intrigue going into this match, but as the match went on, decent stuff, not not bad at all. They delivered and freaking that, and that tells you that Natalia. She's she's still she still has something. She still has a lot to offer, you know. In in regards, if you just give her just just a slimmer of decent booking, you know, you don't have to freaking move mountains when it comes to booking, man. You know, just just freaking just just get behind them and make it make sense. Just not derail them for once, you know. And then that's all I got, you know. In regards to to Rhea, just moving forward, I, I just I, I don't know what the plan is for Rhea moving forward. In, in regards to her title, I guess maybe the plan is to go Raquel and Rhea, but what, but again, she, she's holding onto a tag title. You're trying to, you're trying to build a women's tag division. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, man, just nothing. It's WWE for you, man. Just nothing about the women's division makes any goddamn sense. So, um, Ch Tommaso Ciampa and The Miz, they cut really solid promos um, as they got a match next week. They have a no DQ match next week on Raw. Um, I said this also last week or this past Saturday, I should say, you know, The Miz, man, I like when The Miz gets amplified. I don't mind when he's in a, you know, you know, he's, he, he's being in a comedy shtick or like a comedy comedic jobber at times. I don't mind that because he can pull it off. But we need to see more of the Miz amplified, man. Like the way he cut the promo on Raw Talk last week, and now this promo, um, Champa cut his freaking promo on WWE.com. Why I don't freaking know. You put these freaking promos in the middle of your goddamn show. I, I don't know. But anyway, um, but yeah, Miz again, not to the extreme level as it was last week, because freaking last week on Raw Talk was was damn freaking solid. But yeah, freaking this week, a, a, a decent promo from The Miz, man, because he's, he's getting amplified, you know, and there's a reason to why he's getting amplified. And a lot of people, when they cut promos, it's it's like, you don't want to just get amplified and scream just to scream. Of course, you know, make it meaningful, make the delivery on point, make it believable, you know, make us believe your words and, and, and just have full confidence in it, man. And Miz, Miz has every, has has every, you know, potential in the world to do as such because he's done it in the past he did it with freaking what was that show uh talking smack against daniel bryan when he was holding on to the uh, into the ic title that really got they really got me vibes with that these last two promos from the miz it gave me those those talking smack promo type of vibes from the miz so i need more of that shit man you know he's getting amplified and saying like hey man or you know you can continue to have him say or has something along those lines about man i'm done being I'm done being a jobber. I'm done people overlooking me. And you get him amplified, man, and just and just roll with the punches. Same with Champa, man. Champa was freaking tremendous. It's time to get the ball start rolling with Champa. That dude needs momentum now more than ever. 
as they're going to be in a no disqualification match next week. So we'll see. We shall see. Matt Riddle versus Giovanni Vinci from Imperium is next. Uh, Gunther and Kaiser are at ringside. Vinci locks in the ankle lock. Riddle counters with the awe-inspiring, devastating roll-up for the W. Um, Imperium attacks Riddle after the match is over. Um, Drew McIntyre, his music hits. He comes to the aid for Riddle. Um, Kaiser and Vinci, they get taken out by McIntyre with Claymores and all that jazz. The Claymore party, right? Um, Gunther looks on as him and Drew are staring from the ring apron to the ring. Imperium retreats up the ramp along with Gunther and Drew McIntyre and Riddle stand tall. Oh, and it gets even better. Even after the match and now like Riddle's like, bro, we definitely need to team up. We need to team up and take on Imperium next week, bro. Let's go get some pints, some some freaking beers, some freaking alcoholic beverages, dude. So, oh, so great. So this is how. <laughs> so Drew. So this is what I mean, man. Look, I know Drew got the cool pop from the London crowd this past Saturday, but this is what I mean, bro. Do we really need to see Drew McIntyre and Riddle take on Imperium? To, to, to take care of an Imperium problem? What the fuck, man? It's just like, it's just like, it's so weird, man. Imperium, it's like Riddle's paired up with freaking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. He's paired up with freaking Randy Orton and, and Drew. It Like, the fuck? And now Drew Mac, and this is what I mean, man, about Drew McIntyre. This dude has been out for how fucking long now? And he he's, we're, and we're getting to this, this banger of a match, a match that we've already seen at WrestleMania, you just take out Sheamus and you're getting the same match, the same brutal match, right, that you're going to get that's going to be good. I understand that, guys. But leading up to that, you're getting Matt Riddle and freaking Drew McIntyre because that's what everybody wants to fucking see. Says nobody ever. Why couldn't we just have this dude return in a memorable, badass way, you know? Me and Brian and I and I pitched all these 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 uh these takes to Brian about man you make this dude return as a heel against Seth you you make his you you make the re, the redebut something something memorable something fresh something new for Drew that people can get captivated and be in awe about but he's just the same old the same fucking Drew McIntyre than when he left he's doing the same shtick going after at the same mid card title. And now he's attached to the hip with fucking Matt Riddle. Like, I also needed to see freaking Randy Orton and freaking Matt Riddle. Though, what, they're going to have some comedic freaking segments for one another? Come on, man. It's just like, there's nothing about this, guys, that makes Drew McIntyre that much more special. This dude should be, this dude should be one of your top freaking stars of your industry. Like, legit, the top, one of the top stars and he, he's not. He doesn't feel as such at all because he's messing around with Matt fucking Riddle. That's great. That, that's exactly what I want to freaking say. That's exactly how I pictured Drew McIntyre returning after how many freaking months away from WWE television. Great. It's fantastic. And it was funny, but, you know, I, I, it was funny again, guys, for what it was. But let's not act like long-term, like, this is going to be anything special or memorable. Come on, bro. 
you had a chance to do it with Drew and to make him return as a heel, a cleanse that he desperately needs to get fucking over the same momentum that he had when he won the Royal Rumble and going into WrestleMania, unfortunately, during the COVID pandemic era. And he hasn't been the same since then. And now let's keep, and now let's have him go after a mid-card fucking title. Why? Because he's going to put on another banger of a technical wrestling match with Gunther? Like nobody cares how the fuck we get there? Unbor- un- unreal. Enough. Moving on. Let- let's get to this main event here. Main event is Seth Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio. Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest are at ringside. Damian Priest chokeslams Rollins to force a disqualification. Uh, Priest continues to attack Seth Rollins. Dominic then wants Priest to cash in his contract as he ends up. Rollins was gaining the upper hand. Dominic hits him over the back, hits Rollins over the back of the head with the with the briefcase. Uh, Damian or Damian Priest looks to cash in his contract as he's slowly making his way into the ring. And Finn Balor gets involved. Finn Balor gets involved. He hits Finn Balor, or excuse me, Finn Balor hits uh, Seth Rollins from behind, colliding into Damian Priest. Finn Balor attacks Seth Rollins. Damian Priest is, you know, arguing with 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 Balor, saying like, "Oh man, I could have cashed in, man." And Finn's like, "Oh well, I could have been." He's like, "You know, Damian Priest, like I could be champion right now. I could have cashed in." And Finn's like, "Oh well, I should have been champion freaking this past Saturday." And they're just bickering like a bunch of schoolgirls, like we saw at at, at freaking Money in the Bank. No story progression. There's nothing in the story that progressed anything. I understand guys like letting things like breathe and slowing things down, but nothing got accomplished about this shit at all. Um the same banter that they did after the match at money in the bank. And they're just bickering at one another, like fucking teenagers, like, like fucking like a toxic freaking couple. You know, it's like, it's like the, it's like the, the couple like that, you know, that asked their, you know, their significant other, like the man asked their significant other, like, what do you want to eat tonight? It's like, you know, and then the freaking woman's like, I don't know. It's like, I, w- I don't want to eat there. I don't want to eat there. And they're arguing about where they want to go to dinner. And they're like arguing with each other and it becomes toxic and shit. Like, that's what this is, man. You know, it's like, what do you want to eat, babe? It's like, it's not that simple. I don't know. I don't know what I want to eat for dinner. Well, figure it out. <laughs> it's like, golly, man. It's just, you know, but this like, <laughs> whatever, man, Mo- moving on in- into this segment here. Dominic gets gets hit with a pedigree as Dominic tried to attack Seth Rollins on the other side of the ring. Rollins escapes up the ramp. Priest and Balor just continue to argue. Um, Rhea checks on Dominic, and Seth Rollins walks up the rampway, standing tall in Monday Night Raw. Goes off the air. So, 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 so I'm I'm gonna let you say this, man. Like, what what was memorable about the show? Somebody tell me. So something that was truly memorable that you're going to remember for weeks and months and years to come. What is it? May, maybe the Maxine Dupree Caterpillar, <laughs> right? The freaking, uh, you know, you got some good wrestling that Triple H will always provide. That's a good thing to have. But that, unfortunately, that's the only thing he can do. That You have a good match, but nothing, there, there's, there's nothing that gets accomplished after that. It's just having the good match. You know, it's just, and hey, solid stuff from, from Natalia and Rhea Ripley. I acknowledge that solid promo from, from Baszler as well as Trish. Okay. 
But is but is anything but is anything from these shows that is really making you intrigued to watch next week, bro? Ask yourself that, man. Something t- tell me. Like I I am all ears for what people want for for what people want to tell me of what they got. That's that fucking special to where man, I'm going to remember I'm going to remember the match between Damian Priest and Shinsuke for years to come. Come on. Stop, man. <laughs> Stop. Freaking Seth and Dominic, bro, like it ends in a like <sighs> Okay, man. And this is what I mean. Look, if you want to tell a story with Damian Priest and Finn, that's totally fine. Right. But you you would think that the story would slightly progress. They're just bickering at each other like they were bickering at freaking money in the bank. I'm sorry, guys. You guys can dislike this. I don't give a shit. Nothing about Damian Priest and telling a story with this briefcase and Finn Balor and telling the story, breaking up the judgment day. So we're experimenting that now, a breakup with the judgment day, like, like, like the bloodline, like the bloodlines crumbling. And now the judgment day is freaking crumbling. So we're experimenting with that. I, I just, I, I don't know, man, just doesn't, doesn't make any, it's just, it's just so weird. It's just so freaking weird on how, again, guys, just go back and watch this crowd. When, when Damien Priest goes out there, when he's holding on to this briefcase, you know, moving forward, you cannot tell me that people, when he would cash in that contract, whenever that time is, that it's going to feel that much more of goosebumps, right? The mess, the, 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 listen, the moment is going to be cool regardless. It's a cash in, you know, but man, with LA Knight holding on to that briefcase, it could have been three, ten times more freaking amazing and more memorable than Damian Priest holding on to it. And he's going to hold on to the title, right? The guy is not that much. The guy is nowhere near over as LA Knight. And just because LA Knight is not, is not in something the way Damian Priest is in something with the Judgment Day, doesn't mean you can't fucking get creative for LA Knight. So what's the plan for LA? He's going to win the freaking United States Championship. Oh, fantastic. He couldn't win the Money in the Bank briefcase for a world title opportunity. But here you go. Here you go, LA. Here's a, here's a mid-card title opportunity. Enjoy. You know, maybe we might put some stock and effort, effort into that. We'll see. We'll, we'll give you a call. What was memorable about this show, man? You know, same bickering from Damian Priest and Balor. I, I just... You know, more matches just being set up, more matches that we really, that are being set up in the night. There's no suspense. There's no cliffhanger. There's no real true cliffhanger that that makes you need to tune in next week. There's none of that. There's none. Was this show maybe better than most? Okay. It was better than most. Is that saying much? No. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to lower my bar. I'm just not. So it's just, I, I don't know what people want me to say. I, I really don't know, man. There's nothing about this, this show that makes me that much more excited about next week's Raw and moving forward into SummerSlam as well. Because here's what you also got to think, guys. We are what? About a month away from SummerSlam. One of the biggest pay-per-views of your calendar year. And we have now what? About four shows left to go? 
right? Somewhere along those lines, right? Four Monday Night Raws left. And you would think that on the road to get there, you would start off hot. Something that, that's intriguing from the jump to get us started on this journey, this road to SummerSlam. This is what you got. Decent, decent wrestling. Okay. Again, guys, I can see great to, to good, tremendous technical wrestling at a local bingo hall, but that's the problem. I'm not here for that. Do we, does, do we need, do we need good wrestling and wrestling shows? Of course. But what we also need is for shit to be captivating for shit that we are on the edge of our seat and for shit that makes us want and need to tune in next week. You are not getting that from this fucking show and you have not gotten that for weeks and weeks on end. And that is just the honest to God freaking truth. You can lie to yourself till you're blue in the face, but you guys know that my words are fucking true and nothing about this show, you know, is, is that much memorable and it doesn't get you that much more excited about SummerSlam leading up to it. But the match, James, the match is going to be, I don't give a fuck. Again, I can see great wrestling at a local bingo hall. The same freaking wrestling maneuvers that these wrestlers, these superstars are performing. People like freaking Danny Dipshit Dugenheimer and Fuckwad Fred from my local pizza delivery joint. The same fucking maneuvers. But it's the stories, it's the characters that we gravitate towards that we need and want to tune in. And we're not getting that. And as we continue to lower our bar, as we continue to accept the bare minimum, Triple H and Vince, they're going to continue to fucking do it for weeks and months to come. And that is going to do it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. This was your Monday Night Raw review from July 3rd. Happy 4th of July to everybody that is celebrating um, hope you guys are having a tremendous day with your family, your friends, enjoying the sunshine. Um, whenever you guys are tuning in, again, if you don't celebrate uh, Independence Day, well, again, I hope you guys are having a tremendous Tuesday and have a tremendous week. Um, again, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Make sure you hit that notification bell to stay tuned for more episodes to come. Brian Thomas will be back with me on Thursday. We were talking Collision. We are talking Dynamite as well as NXT from last night, um, I should say. Or actually from tonight, actually. Tonight is, uh, tonight is uh, NXT, as we will go over that for Thursday. So Brian will be, will be with me for that Thursday review, and I will be going solo once again, talking Friday night SmackDown um, to see what happens with this whole Bloodline Civil War and seeing, I guess, where LA Knight goes from here and talking more about that situation as well moving forward. But make sure you guys stay tuned with all that. Make sure you guys follow us on our social medias. Make sure you join our Facebook group. That is Ruthless Talk, as well as join our Instagram and TikTok. That is Ruthless underscore Talk. We are now well past. We have well surpassed over 400 followers on TikTok. Thank you guys so much for smashing that follow button. I know I sound like a broken record for every time we hit a milestone with our social media uh, following and viewership and all that type of stuff. But again, can't thank you guys enough um, for all your support and for always just tuning in and being a part of this community. 
you know, you guys know that we're, we, our goal is to build a wrestling community that everybody can be proud of, you know, that doesn't bullshit, that doesn't sugarcoat, that calls everything down the middle, whether you're WWE, AEW, this is the platform to be on. And if it's not for you, then, hey, I totally understand. You know, that there's a lot of podcasters that like to kiss a lot of ass that like they want to, they'll tell you everything that you want to hear, but not on this freaking platform. We call it like it is. And we don't give a shit about your favorite wrestlers. None of that. Not, not even for me, bro. I, I, even my favorite wrestlers, it doesn't even matter, you know? So just keep all that in mind, man. If it's not for you, then Hey, you know, totally fine. Understand. But if you, but if, but if you understand my words, and you understand where I'm coming from, then hey, welcome to the freaking community. And we are happy to have you. So make sure you guys continue to follow us on our social medias, both again, Instagram and TikTok, you know, ruthless underscore talk. And we are getting very, very close to 900 followers as well on Instagram. Make sure you guys spread the word. We create a lot of content on both of these platforms. So make sure you guys, you know, spread the word, hit that follow button, and always make sure to stay tuned for more episodes to come. That is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli, and your boy is signing off saying salute, peace out, happy 4th of July, and take care, everybody.